Hello there and welcome back to the Chat Shit Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always, I'm joined by Tom. <laughs> All right, Chewbacca, what the fuck was that? No, that is not me coming from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Oh. That is me just gargling water, something new, something to throw you off, well. something to make you think, whoa, this is different. This, this is, is a whole a... new Tom. Oh. I'm not. Ex- I'm not used to this. This is different. This is going to be wild. It sets the tone for the rest of the podcast. Well, I'm so excited. I want. I want to find out what happens now. It's riveting. High octane. Incredible. Well, I'm going to take another sip. Right. While you do that, I'll tell people what we're going to take a closer look at this week. Um, and we are going to be looking at unilateral and bilateral training. And should you be adding it to your training, more specifically unilateral, because bilateral is pretty common, as we'll come on to, or well, both are really, but yeah, we'll be specifically looking at those types, uh, those styles of training. And then we're also going to take a look at a new paper that has been causing quite a storm on social media, and it involves... Yeah booty gains so yeah we've got two pieces of news this week which is a little bit different than the last few weeks we always you know wanted to do one but this is really recent and it's got some stuff which i think needs to be mentioned while it's still hot off the press as they say in the world of news and we are a news show sort of let's jump on that bandwagon let's jump on that bandwagon baby that booty bandwagon how exciting (laughs) right let's get into this week's the fitness news Okay, guys, we're going to start with booty gains because it is very exciting. Before we dive into actually what the story is, we'll, we'll look at a poll, which kind of will give you an idea of what the context of this uh, segment is going to be about. Um, and the question was, what do you think is better for booty gains? And there's also a little peach emoji in there as well, so there was no mistaking of what we were referring to. You know, big peachy bum. Um, and the two options were back squat and hip thrust. Tom, what do you think? How do you think the percentage laid? on that question between back squat and hip thrust I'm going to say more people said back squat really if I'm wrong I will I will literally down this whole cup of water because uh, that's as extreme as I'm willing to go at this cup of water. <laughs> I was going to say please don't go too extreme because hip thrust yeah. was more hip thrust 57% to 43 Ooh. so more people said hip thrust so we've got some juicy glutes that listen to us we've got some juicy glutes um, and if I look at some of the responses to this, um, I think there was some fired in. Was there some fired in? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Kate sent this in, um, which I think it's worth. She put, this surely depends on the individual body type and also the way they execute the movement. Now, the way you execute the movement is quite interesting because someone else did make this point and we will, we will touch on that, actually. Who sent that in? Someone called Kate. Yeah, well done, Kate, because I agree. Because <laughs> you agree, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm being genuine. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're being genuine. There you go, yeah. Um, let me just see if anyone else said anything about booty gains. Someone said something about unilateral. Okay, yeah, another person put back squat if done correctly, but most people don't know how to do either, and you can butcher, and you can butcher the hip thrust and get away with it. Um, okay, and if you bullshit a back squat and you have your ego lifting and you go above parallel or too light. So basically what they're saying there yeah. is with a hip thrust, you can get away with it more in terms of you can like fuck around with it. it doesn't really matter too much because like you'll still get a stimulus on the glutes whereas a back squat um if you're just like not doing certain rep ranges or you're going too light um you won't yeah. get the engagement okay so we all think that's some fair points uh, as we're going to come on to um so yeah you kind of get the idea now this paper is around booty gains and it actually involves the back squat and hip thrust okay so this is a new paper shared by brad scrunfeld 
as we normally we have mentioned him a few times in the podcast nothing about his nationality at all just Brad Schoenfeld that's that's him um, and this was conducted by one of his former students obviously he's very proud he wanted to share it let everyone know about it and it compares the back squats and the hip thrust in regards to gluteus muscle hypertrophy okay so muscle growth in the bum basically um, but what is very interesting and something that caught my attention and has caused a storm in the comment section was that a certain individual put up $80,000 of their own money to fund the research. And that individual is Brett Contreras. I think how you pronounce his name anyway. And this individual is also referred to sometimes as the hip thrust guy. Or the glute guy. Or the glute guy. He's always been, he's been very, very, very vocal about the hip thrust being superior for glute slash booty growth. I mean, he built his whole business basically yeah. on the hip thrust. He, he obviously does more now, of that now. But. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, he also includes squats, etc., and other movements. But he was the glute guy, the hip thrust guy. Um there's a lot of other things that can be said about him, which I'm not going to go into for legal reasons. However, if you Google his name, usually you can find these things out yourself. Also, he has me blocked on all forms oh, of social media. Yeah, I just I mean, want to throw that out there. And for good reason as well. <laughs> it's obviously more we can go into, but we'll keep it focused on this paper at hand. And I what's had to been, throw that out there. What, what's been happening? Yeah, I know you did. I was waiting for that. But yeah, we'll keep it. We'll keep it civil, guys. We'll keep it civil. I was civil. This is- <laughs> I was very civil. I was civil when I got <clears throat> blocked, you know, and I'm being civil now. You are being civil. Oh, actually, I, I completely forgot to mention this, didn't I? We'll, well actually, we'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the paper in a second. Obviously, you're an, it's an audio platform, but for visual people, so the people who watch the video on Patreon, you can probably see this, this shirt. Every year, oh, yeah. one of our friends of the show, In the Dead Ground, also he's uh, it's run by a guy called Danny Bourne, who has also been a guest on the podcast, who often talks with us about mental well-being, uh, really well-received episodes. Everyone seems to really... Uh, resonate with it. Yeah, re- resonates a lot with a lot of people. The brand, In the Dead Ground, brings out a, how do you call it, like a Miami Vice-style shirt. This is the Tony Montana Tony special. Tony Montana special, yes, that's Scarface for those who aren't aware. Um, and this is kind of, it's like red with some sort of yellow, like le- yellow and purple leaves. It's obviously got the saber too from in the ground sort of appearing from the foliage and then it's also got some shock uh some uh, not shotgun shells some uh pistol uh shells i mean it's interesting because i remember us t- when we last spoke to him he was actually telling me about the design of this shirt and he said oh, i'm gonna do something scarface yeah, tony scarface, montana yeah. and, well, and it is pretty much exactly the like same pretty much, very yeah. similar <laughs> shirt yeah with some extra gucci bits from the, the the chainsaw scene if you have seen scarface yeah you know if you're at least 12, you would have seen Scarface. It's very on. cool. And it's obviously very lightweight. Um, the good thing as well, I remember when I bought this, he was telling me how it's um, they've changed it so it's like a high quality now, you can tell. And it's also been pre-shrunk. So before, if you bought like a size too small, they shrunk a bit because of the material the guns they are were. 3D. So the, <laughs> well, yeah, the guns are 3D. <laughs> but now, like this, is, this fits perfectly straight away. Um, and yeah, of course, as if you've been a long-term listener of the show, you'll know I've mentioned this last year and the year before, probably, when I had the other two versions. Um, mm. So yeah, you can say I'm a bit, bit of a fan, and we are a fan of the the brand in the ground, doing lots of good, um, doing lots of good work in the veteran mental well-being space. So yeah, go check them out. Anyway. Mm. Back to the paper at hand. <laughs> it was random tangent. Yeah, I, forgot. I, I just caught a glimpse of myself in the camera and went, oh, I'm wearing this shirt. But I probably should probably mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so back to the paper. Obviously, Brett, Brett uh, Contreras, you know, the, the booty guy, the hip thrust guy, whatever. You might be straight away thinking this paper is going to be biased <clears throat> because obviously if his business is kind of, it's obviously not all about that now, but when it was started off that you might be thinking, well, if he's doing a paper about it, surely he's going to want it to go in his favour. However... There's a couple of key points. Firstly, 
he had no input on any of the data collection, right? That was stressed quite a lot because some people were like, how can you have this? He basically just wanted to fund it further because obviously he's in that space. And as we kind of, as I'll talk about in a second, he he made a good few points because he actually put a post out basically saying some things about the results of his paper. Um, and he mentioned how he's wanted to do this for quite a while, but it's quite expensive to do uh, the way they want to do it. Okay, so the MRI as well is quite expensive to do, so they obviously need to get the money. Mm. He's wanted to do... MRI study, as I just said, because it, if you look at the research, it's normally considered quite good for hypertrophy if you do MRI. Hmm. Um, and obviously, it costs money, so that's why he hasn't done it. But he has pulled together. I don't think it was just him. I think he got someone else to help him with the money, but they've got the money together um, and they got this paper, right? So if I go through the context of the paper, it was, there was two groups there. You had 18 participants, one, five men, 13 women doing hip thrusts. And then you had 16, six men, 10 women doing squats, back squats. These were all beginners to training, which in itself I think is quite interesting because newbie gains is quite a big thing. Um, so I suppose that does offer a limitation because how would these results fare with a more experienced lifter? If you know, I think that's what is. Don't get me wrong; it is a limitation. It is a limitation. So, Joe, I'm going to come to bat by saying, you know, I'm probably going to be the biggest critic here, but at the same time, I can still come at it from a you know, point of view where I'm trying to think as quickly as possible. So yeah, it is a limitation that um, the subjects are untrained because if you're untrained, you're pretty going, much going to adapt to any kind of stimulus or stress that is placed upon you. But I do think it's really fucking dumb when people just throw everything out altogether because, oh, well, these are untrained. That's just cherry picking in my opinion. It is, yeah, yeah. It's still a good thing. I think it's still good. It's, it's actually, you can you could also look at it, Tom, as like, this is where you're going to see the most interest because 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 the, the, the growth is so larger at first this is where you're probably going to see the most yeah. difference whereas an experienced lifter they might be very marginal because people tend yeah. to their gains don't tend to be as extreme when you but get it more experience do, it still does kind of suggest suggest you know that well if you're performing this movement you are going to have some form of adaptation there at least in regards to hypertrophy you know but when you get people that say oh, you know literally if beginners do anything they're going to grow okay so you're telling me that if someone does a localized movement such as a bicep curl they're going to grow they're going to get massive glutes fuck off you yeah. know it's such a <laughs> boring yeah. throwaway bit of criticism and there was people in the comments saying that there was people in the comments of the post saying that. I, was, I don't think Brad would bother to respond to them people and you know as I said like I'm not the biggest f fan of the person in question not Brad Brad's alright even if he does look like a diehard villain um, you know, Brad's absolutely fine, but the other person I'm not too keen on. So I do have a bias to, you know, pretty much that's throw right, anything Tom, he does under that's the fine, bus. Mate. I'm, I'm here to, to bring in a bit of, just to try and come the other side. Well, you know, I can't talk to him about it because he's blocked me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even I can say like with that, it's not a limitation in the sense that, oh, we've got to throw this study out straight away. Uh, and with that, welcome to Brett Contreras, who's now going to come in live in the street. No, I'm joking. Do you imagine that? <laughs> just out of nowhere. Just like he's been sitting in the audience watching for ages. <laughs> you were like, oh, shit. Jerry, uh, Jerry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so let's actually go to results of this paper, because this is where it gets really interesting. Um, and kind of, this is why it kind of caused a bit of a storm, was that the paper suggests that uh, glutes growth is similar in both lifts. Okay, so it kind of goes against what he was previously saying in terms of hip thrust being more superior. Um, another reason for this is because he also previously said, this is Brett Contreras I'm talking about, is that EMG, which is electromyography, it's a, it's a technique basically for um, evaluating recording electrical activity. Muscle activation. Yeah, electrical activity produced by skeletal muscle, right? So that's what they use it for, EMG. He's previously said that this is predictive 
of hypertrophy and muscle growth, right? So if you use EMG, he basically said, look, if there's more activity, more EMG activity, you're going to, it's going to elicit more growth in that muscle, right? However, EMG was not predictive in this study as hip thrust elicited a higher glute activation on the EMG, but growth was still similar to back squat. So even though there was more EMG activity, there was no difference in growth. Hmm. So once again, it went against what he said. And then also, subjects found that their glutes were working harder so subjectively they thought their glutes were working harder doing the hip thrusts but this didn't translate into more growth right so obviously they feel like there's more going on but once again looking at data similar growth so yeah. those three things kind of like throw them a little bit out there it's also worth mentioning actually this little key thing squats grow the glutes and the flies according to this paper whereas hip thrust was just the glutes right so yeah. you could argue more bang for your buck however there is a little caveat to this and it was something that i saw in the comments which i thought was quite interesting is that if you were someone who just wanted to grow just the glutes and not the thighs hip thrusts could be a good option specificity if you're a bodybuilder maybe and you're very happy with your thighs and you don't want to go out of proportion because it's all about proportions isn't it in bodybuilding maybe just bang out hip thrust but basically that was also an important thing to note so that's yeah kind of, that, that fits my bias of doing squats over hip thrust anyway i was kind of like oh more bang for your buck oh, there. No, I'll, I'll join a club there. I'd rather do... I was like, yeah, I'm getting a bit of both here, aren't I? Brilliant. But hip thrust is another tool in the toolbox that you yeah, can use. absolutely. Um, I just want to quickly rewind a little bit and just talk a little bit more about EMG. Because with EMG, like, um, there are a lot of studies out there that talk about, well, basically that conclude, oh, this exercise might be better than this exercise because it's got high EMG. But as the years have gone by, I think people have kind of, well, researchers have kind of come to realize that actually you can have a high emg reading but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be superior compared to another movement for hypertrophy let's pay echoes um, as well yeah. emg just tells you that the muscle has been activated mm-hmm. you know it doesn't actually tell you it's going to be, be placed more under tension etc all these other things that drive muscle growth you know or even volume um like another thing that, that i read quite recently in other papers that with emg emg could be affected by a muscle if it's acted as like a stabilizer Mm, fair enough so actually a muscle might not be contracting back and forth like what you'd want to have through hypertrophy where it's moving through a certain range of motion but just simply by contracting almost like an isometric contraction like it's stabilizing that might send dmg through the roof sure so there's a lot of things that can affect it just because it's gonna have a high reading doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be oh my god yeah this is it this is the daddy for you know growing muscle this one particular exercise because it shows that it gets excited on the emg reading (laughs) Mm. And also, in regards to subjects felt their glutes being hit harder, that is a completely subjective yeah, experience that yeah. can be affected by many different things. Yeah, of course. So I know my biceps are getting hit hard on a bicep on, curl. On well, yeah, bicep curls, but also on like a barbell row. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But you know, depending on you know what my fatigue's like on the day, I might feel it more in the barbell row. I might feel it more on the mm. bicep curl. Yeah. It's subjective. There's all different things that can make you f- think that you're feeling it more. Yeah. Simply knowing that you're doing a hip thrust make, might make you think, oh yeah, I can really feel it in my glutes because I know it's a glute exercise. They told me before the study, I'm going to feel it more in my glutes. Mm. This paper, to kind of summarize things on this uh, on this topic, is that it's in the process of getting peer-reviewed and there are some limitations, which there are others, like if, you're looking, if we look deep into the paper, you could say, but it was still worth discussing simply because 
Brett, obviously his background, and he's also come out basically saying he was wrong. He actually put a post out. Obviously, Tom can't see it. No, so Tom can't see it because he got blocked. But <laughs> when you look at the post, because yeah, if, you, if you go if you go to his Instagram on the post, he basically breaks down the paper in full, and he basically look. I was wrong. And he goes for a whole list of things he said and he goes, I was wrong. So to be fair to him, in this, in, you know, to be actually fair to the guy, he's he's actually come out and he's not just dismissed it and gone, it's bollocks. He's actually gone, look, you know what? The data says this. I've said this. Fair enough. You know, it's weird. He's obviously, said he want, it'd be good to have some more research, but it's a good, it's a good step. You know, it's kind of, it's good to see people in the industry who've got a big presence admit when, things are against them because there's lots of lots of professionals in this industry as me and Tom have spoke about numerous times who when data comes out that goes against their bias they just fuck it off and just blame someone else like for example there's a certain individual who likes to wear bike locks around his neck he um he'll basically <laughs> he'll basically put memes out saying oh you know my you know my my physique he'll be in the mirror and go oh my my physique trumps your little baby matron analysis or something like that and it's like oh, fucking hell mate like that's the most stupid argument I've ever read in my life. But that's the sort of they're the sort of individuals out there who um yeah, that they're, they're kind of a I mean it'd be nice if he came out and apologised for allegedly being a terrible human, but who knows? We'll <laughs> see what the future holds. Yeah. He's too busy at a locksmith, yeah. mate. <laughs> Trying to get his necklaces off. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I meant I meant the person involved in this study. Oh Brett. Yeah. Oh, oh right, yeah, well that's a, Yeah. <laughs> I just said Google it. Yeah, moving swiftly on. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, go on. Moral, moral of the story, guys. I, I think for this, what do you prefer? Because there's two camps, like there is with most fucking things in the fitness industry. Those who are just diehard hip thrusters and diehard back squatters who basically say hip thrusts are pathetic yeah. and they're just for women to do, forget big booties, whatever, that sort of rhetoric. Whereas in reality... What do you prefer doing? What's what's more? What's easier for you to do? Do you actually find that you can get do a hip thrust better? Do you not feel comfortable in a back squat, or maybe you're someone who likes doing back squats? You like doing these big, you know, the big three, big compound lifts. But the point is, both are going to get you a great bum. So, <laughs> whatever you really fancy, to be honest. I mean, I mean, one thing I would like to do is go right back to your polls, right? And it's something to mention in the study. In regards to this, it is important. Actually, I'm going to go well, well back now. This isn't actually the first time this, I'm going to call it a study, has been done with the person in question. And this is another reason why he's come out and done this again, because the first time it was very, very flawed and he got mm. called out for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the reasons was, was when he was originally comparing the squats to the hip thrust, was people that was involved was actually saying they was all squatting at different depths. Yeah, okay, sure. Low, high what you'd consider parallel, et cetera, which can drastically alter That's your That's a good point. I could, yeah, the, the guy I mentioned in the comments in here is about t technique of the back squat. If you don't hit that depth, you're actually limiting the glute activate, like the glute potential for glute growth. If you're just doing so half reps, essentially. at the beginning of the polls, Kate said about the squat, like how you kind of do it. Yeah, yeah. That is what they equated for here. They did They did say that in this, they considered a squat to be the femur coming parallel to the floor. Now, this is actually one of the criticisms I saw in the in the comments as well on this. A lot mm. of people saying, oh, they weren't even squatting properly. It's like, well, what are you qualifying as a proper squat? Mm. A proper squat doesn't have to be a powerlifting rule book squat. You know, if the I would say if, if my client was doing a squat where their femurs were going parallel to the ground, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? 90 degrees. I would consider that to be fine for glute growth. If you could go deeper, great. If you go deeper, awesome. But I don't think, you know, oh, your glutes are not going to no, no. develop if you do not go arse to grass. No. 
if you can, great. But if not, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But they did actually monitor and make sure that everyone was there. Yeah, femurs parallel to the floor. Yeah. So that's another unfair comment. Yeah. I think that's people now just trying to cherry pick any reason to hate on this. And as mm-hmm. I said, I've got the bias, the most bias out of everyone here. Yeah. You know, um, as you said as well, Bill, I still think you can do both. I don't think it has to be an either or here. It's another tool in the toolbox. I mean, yeah, they both work the glutes. Um, there is actually an argument, actually, that some people say it's not just an isolation exercise because you're also getting some movement at the knees, but it is mostly glutes, let's be Yeah, honest. I mean, even in this paper, they kind of said, look, the, the, basically the hip thrust only really do the glutes, whereas a squat did both the thighs, obviously your quads and your glutes. Yeah, as long as you're going low enough. And yeah, as long as you're going low enough. Knees. Yeah, yeah. I want people to consider this as well, like, particularly in the case of hypertrophy, right, where we're looking for muscle growth. With the hip thrust, you can probably go to true failure yeah sure in a bit more controlled manner because yeah. you're one it's a closed chain exercise so you're not going to be as wobbly and one what's the worst that's going to happen once you get to rp10 you just sit back down again your bum, you're just <laughs> your going to sit down yeah. Yeah. you know yeah, yeah and the thing is if your goal is i want my glutes to be the thing that is going on absolute fire here with the squat, you ain't got to worry about, well, actually, my quads give out first or my balance gives out first. I acquire a lot of fatigue. I get a lot of brain fog simply by just trying to balance on my feet. It hasn't got to be an either or. There's also um, some research that suggests that hip thrusts might actually cross over to an athletic setting as well, such as sprints, etc. So it hasn't got to be an either or here. Me, personally, time is a barrier for me, so I'd rather just get more bang for my back and do squats. But if you want to do hip thrusts, that's absolutely fine. Another thing, one more thing, actually, just to finish up on (laughs) this. Um, Let's think about newbies, right? For a lot of newbies, the squat might be a bit of an... They might not feel comfortable doing a more complicated pattern. Yeah, sure. Now, me, I would love to get everyone squatting. That'd be great. But for some people, they might find the hip thrust is easiest to pick up and do off the get-go. And that's fine as well. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. That that is, providing you've got the the foam protection for the barbell, because fuck me, if you do it about that, or some sort of jumper that is so uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not a comfortable. Or thing. yoga mat. Yeah, you need something to go around the bar through hip thrust because otherwise it's just like super Have you uncomfortable. Ever, do you hip thrust sometimes, Bill? I've re- I very rarely. I very rarely. I, I think I maybe did a couple of sets. Yeah, I never made because I don't do it often. I don't really normally have access to like the foam thing, so it's like it's either a jumper or some sort of like shit a makeshift thing. But you get the cake from all your squats anyway, don't you? Exactly, yeah. So I do those squats. My ass is great yeah. because I do those squats. So I'm, I'm happy to say that, mate. I've got a great booty. Yeah. Love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you you get the cake from doing all those Olympic lifts. Yeah, all those Olymp- yeah, and lifts always... as well. Yeah, yeah. That's you it, know. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, I, I do know what you mean. Like, I've, I've tried to use the bar with serious weight. <laughs> it's, and, not, it's not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Actually, I promise it's going to be the last thing on deadlift on the hip thrust. <laughs> right. I have made an inside joke before that... PTs that get their clients to hip thrust just do it because they can't teach a deadlift. Oh, fucking and that's just smoke, me being a saucy little bitch. It's not, it's not necessarily <laughs> shade. It's not true. Shade is being thrown. It's not, it's not definitely true, but it could be true. Could be true. Who knows? It could be true. Out next week yeah. on the Chat Show Get Fit podcast, we exactly a group of PTs and start throwing absolute shade. PTs that can't teach or train the deadlift train the oh the rack pull or the hip thrust <laughs> brilliant <laughs> no that's that's not necessarily true i mean it is in some cases i know for sure but um yeah i'm just being cheeky ain't i oh see what i did there oh cheeky. i didn't mean oh, to I do yeah, that I, yeah, I didn't mean that. to do that that was pure cheeky natural. you are a fucking comedic genius 
We're now going to move on to the next piece of news, which was going to be the only piece of news, but now we've got we got booty in there. But okay, this one is a bit. It's in the, the poll. Of this is quite interesting because it was a bit. The word the word the wording was probably a bit bit off. But unilateral and bilateral uh, bilateral sorry training right. So I'll go through the poll first. Let me do the first one. First, whoa, whoa. explain unilateral versus bilateral training. Yeah, go on. Let me let me explain what both are. Right. So bilateral is something that. You're probably gonna you're probably gonna be like, oh, I didn't even realize it was that. It's basically it was simple. Where it used both sides, so use both limbs to produce force. Yeah. Right. So a good example would be the back squat. Let's just talk about it. Your both legs are planted. You're squatting down and you're standing up. You're using both limbs, so both your legs to produce force. That is a bilateral movement. Okay. Sharing the load. Yeah. Unilateral is. What do you think? You could probably guess. Shout it out wherever you are. Probably not a funeral, as we've alluded to last week or a couple of weeks ago. But shout <laughs> out if you're in a place that's acceptable to do so. Um, it is one limit at a time, right? So if we stay on the squat, the squat train, a split squat would be an example of a lunilateral movement, although some people like to argue a little bit. But basically because you're only using, essentially using one limb to do the movement, right? So you're kind of trying to isolate that one movement. It sounds a bit Gucci, and as we're going to come on to it, sometimes get overcomplicated because you probably do both of these very often. Because even if you're just doing one 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 arm or one leg exercises, like a you know one arm dumbbell press, because that's unilateral because you're just using one arm, aren't you? One limb. Um, but if we go back to the poll, and the reason why this is quite interesting because I basically put in the question, and I should have worded it differently, but people kind of highlight things was, do you conduct? unilateral slash bilateral training basically what i've said there is do you train do you go to the gym <laughs> because if you, if you said yes you're basically if you, like you're basically <laughs> doing any sort of movement there really well done but i think because i put unilateral first people just sort of saw that straight away um or maybe they didn't really understand what bilateral was and they i think they just assumed it was all the same thing but just slightly different yeah. um what do you think the results were tom um yeah i'm gonna say yeah a, a good a good amount also conducts like 75 percent yeah. of people said yes they do conduct um that and i'm going to assume they were all thinking of the one-sided stuff i think they saw that word first and i think they saw the second bit and just didn't really think about what it was um i also put why. less than what i thought to be honest with yeah you. I, I i put why because i think it's quite interesting um this one actually cracked me up lily put this she puts because mikey tells me to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair good one. job mikey, <laughs> yeah, one of mikey yeah. um and good job, Lily, for being a good client. Yeah, being a good client. Yeah, you tell me to do it. So just fucking do as it. you're told. Yeah, do what you're fucking told. Shut up, right? And write down the RP afterwards. All <laughs> um, oh, Kate's back in again. Um, she's put well-rounded training, more core engagement. Interesting, and making individual muscles work harder. Interesting. Um, and then all oh, Clean's got in there. One of our, you know lovely patrons producer actually as well um, we do it in everyday life so a transferable skill walking uses both unless you just hop everywhere unless you just hop everywhere both yeah feet um then yeah. we got a fats response in jesus christ well, let's go through this then shall we so a few reasons that i may implement this style of training into my regime so this person has obviously read unilateral and just gone yeah that's what that's what they're talking about um if I, okay, this is actually interesting. if i've had a very few ta- if i've had a taxing few days or coming to the end of a block uh, union and bi- so unilateral and bi- bilateral work can be a good way to get stimulus, not having to knock your bollocks out in the gym. Okay. Um, secondly, I do some extra work on my weaker side when I, uh, uh, a bit of wording's off it. So when I do an extra set, okay, yeah, so when I do an extra set, they'll do one, they'll work the weaker side um, because due to an injury, one side is weaker than the other. So I'll do an extra set with the other side that had the injuries almost to, to catch them. And the whole injury thing's actually quite, 
uh, important that used quite a lot for unilateral yeah um, and then finally they talk about single leg work specifically it's great for building stability and building strength recruiting um, all those little muscles that you don't when you have two feet creating a stable platform to perform heavy lifts now that's mm, okay we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> um <laughs> Bringing balancing on one leg into play is very humbling and extremely useful. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, trying to balance on one humbling, leg is, yeah. it is humbling. Yeah, that's for it sure. Is. Yeah. In, in terms <laughs> no of whole, in terms of the whole stability thing, that's also an interesting point. Building strength, recruiting all of those little muscles that you don't need when you have two feet. Right? And okay, so they're talking about okay, okay. So this is that's more sport specific. I think which we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, I think for Gen Pop. As we'll talk, as we will come on to, is probably not as important as you think. But um, right, so there was still the, an option, still an option. So those are the polls, right? So <clears throat> the question really is, what is better, right? Should you be prioritising one or the other? Should you even be incorporating unilateral to your normal gym training? So should you be doing one sided stuff? Normally, it's a matter of specificity, really, depending on how like how much of what mm. you do. Um, however, as we're going to talk about now, we're going to go on to a paper which is around athletic performance because when we look at athletic performance specifically, there's a consensus that unilateral is superior to bilateral training when it comes to athletic performance, right? So think of like your track days, your athletic days, that sort of stuff, you know, sports, football, basketball, blah, 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 right? This is where a recent major analysis comes in and that is titled The Effect of Unilateral Training and Bilateral Training on Physical Performance, a Major Analysis. This major analysis, it investigated the effects of, we're going to shorten it now to uni and bi, so I don't have to keep fucking saying it, the effects of uni and bi exercises on different effect indicators of jump ability, sprint ability, maximal force, change of direction ability, and balance ability. So a lot of athletic yeah, screening yeah, there. Yeah, of course. It's a, you know, the paper was about that sort of performance. I mean, and the title obviously says physical performance, but they are focusing on athletic performance, really. Um, this is not like, oh, whereas previously with our previous subject, we talked about hypertrophy. This is more, yeah, like athletics. actual output. Yeah, output, yeah, for sure. Um, it's quite a big paper. They ended up analysing 28 papers. They did screen 1,347, but as we've mentioned before with a major analysis, they have um, a criteria. If the paper doesn't meet that criteria, they dismiss it and they don't include it in the major analysis what does this paper show well ba basically kind of what i said earlier specificity is kind of what it <laughs> what it boils down to yeah um, there is obviously a little bit more you know i'll read out the conclusion and we'll go through a few more little points so because the conclusion is a little bit somewhat confusing if you yeah so uni training has a more significant effect on jumping ability and maximum strength for uni power generation patterns and by training yeah. has a more significant effect on jumping ability and maximum strength for by power generation patterns that sounds pretty obvious <laughs> so basically <laughs> yeah. one you know one limb training seems to be better if your goal is you know one limb movement one limb you know output yeah, no fucking shit and funny enough two limb training which is you know bilateral tends to be better if you're actually trying to perform for two limb movements yeah so specificity funny that isn't it um conclusion continued Uni training is more specific to the specificity of the sport, especially for sports with a unilateral limb dominant force. Yeah, once again, no shit. For change of direction and balance, uni and bi training do not highlight that the training method is better and the specific training plans should be developed according to training objectives. Once again, they're just basically saying specificity. There is an interesting one, though, which I do want to mention before we move on, is that change of direction. You would assume unilateral for this, 
in terms of change direction because you normally change obviously on one foot, whatever, that kind of thing. But when you actually looked at the data, it was improved with both uni and buy. And there wasn't like a significant difference. They were both improved pretty similarly in both, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. So that's because sometimes people be like, "Ah, oh, if you do a lot of if you do a lot of change direction, you want to be doing a lot of single leg work or whatever." But a lot of hops and skips side yeah, to side. Yeah, and- you can. According to this, you can you can do both, but of course, you you know, you could do a combination. It doesn't have to be either or. I would recommend doing both anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly for an athlete. Really, the question would then is, when when would it be useful to utilize unilateral training? Um, one thing I want to say is that we're obviously not symmetrical beings. You know, people often try and chase this thing of, oh, we need to be balanced. We're not, people often have one side stronger than the other, or, you know, they prefer to use one side or dominant, whatever, whatever. But if you can, if, if you do find one side is stronger than the other, after an injury, like someone sent in, or just in general, because you just tend to use that side all the time for X, Y, Z reason, adding more unilateral work into your training could help a little bit, right? It could help bring things back into not perfect balance because I said we're not, it's very unlikely you're going to have a perfect um, symmetrical balance, but it is good and it, it could help. And then kind of echoing what the paper said, sport specific. Um, I think there's lots of sports which will likely benefit from unilateral training. Yeah. Um, there's this mate, for example, they suggested that straight line sprinting was better, was actually in fact better with unilateral training. All right. Um, you can, if you look at it from a mechanistic point of view, mechanical point of view, biomechanical point of view, obviously when you run, obviously you go one leg at a time, don't you? And you obviously push off each leg as you're sprinting. You don't run with, I mean, if you try running with both feet, that's like, well, that's like the sack yeah. race, isn't it? You're like doing a hop. But yeah. Obviously you're, you're running with, you know, one leg at a time. So it kind of makes sense from that point of view. And this mate obviously found that as well. I think the, the question really is, do you need to do it? What do you think, Tom? Do, do, should people, do they need to do unilateral training? I mean, in the context or in, in the context of athletes, see, I don't know if it's something where you have to do it or you could just get away with like, uh, you know, bilateral. But I would say it's probably best to just do both anyway. I mean, even if it's just getting used to doing those different, like, yeah, change of direction, movements like that. If you're an athlete, you should probably be doing these movements anyway. Even if you're a soldier, you know, you should technically be doing these movements anyway. You know, side to side as well. You know, horizontal jumps, vertical jumps, side to side, skips, hops. And if we talk about strength training, because obviously that's all players I'm kind of talking about there. But if we talk about strength training, even things like, yeah, single lunges and stuff like that, I'd still recommend. Um, If we was going back on ourselves and talk about like, oh, maybe like just general population, Mm-hmm. I think general population you could probably just get away with bilateral training yeah but there's no reason why you shouldn't you know add unilateral training I mean particularly if you're limited for equipment as well where if you're doing it bilateral and you've only got a certain amount of dumbbells or tins of beans or whatever at home and it's just too easy just to do a squat but suddenly you have that weight and you do like a single leg movement you know, suddenly it's a lot harder. You can get away with it. I mean, for me, like um, a game changer for me was doing like single leg calf raises. Yeah. Like that was absolutely brutal. Or if uh, for convenience sake as well. So let's just say in a commercial gym, I want to do a bench press and a form of row superset. You know, I might just take one single heavy dumbbell over to the bench press. And that way I'm doing, okay, I'm doing my bilateral chest press but now I'm doing like a single arm unilateral dumbbell row in between the supersetting that. So that's more from a convenience point of view. 
but you can still make gains in regards to strength and power by just doing bilateral movements but adding you know unilateral accessories i i, I would still recommend if you can do it yeah, great give it a go yeah and i mean for the uh for the pts out there listening if you want your clients absolutely love you just give them loads of split squat they'll absolutely love oh that. yeah bulgarian split just squats, give them loads yeah. just give them just give them two failure Ooh, yeah. every set every day <laughs> why not especially if they're new you know yeah, oh yeah especially day and wraps and wraps yeah. for days seven days know. a week for the first month <laughs> one one thing about this paper though is i've, I've got to say it's you, you just reminded me when you said that you were struggling with the conclusion a little bit and that is i did find it really hard to read this yeah paper. it is a bit i think yeah. that might be a translation issue yeah Be, uh, I, I know the authors and the editor as well i believe the editors from italy and um, from the names, I'm assuming. No, 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 not know, Italy, not Italy. The authors um, are from, they're from China. China they're from China, yeah, yeah. So it's from the Guang, uh, the authors, Gu- but the editor who's translated it to English is Italian. So it, it was kind of hard to read through. You could tell English isn't their first language. But saying that and forgiving that, there were two things that I saw in the study that was kind of made me think, what the fuck? So the first one was so bearing in mind that they're looking for actual output right output measures one of the they, they did like a whole segment where they was talking about emg studies yeah in okay. regards to stability train on unstable surfaces uh which funny enough i think is actually a episode, study we might have mentioned like maybe three years ago in one of our early episodes so i was like well this is a bit pointless mentioning emg studies mm. another one was twice including an introduction they started citing mike boyle and his book, as if it was research. Yeah, we've been. Uh, for, we've anyone that doesn't know, before, for anyone that doesn't know, Mike Boyle is a strength and conditioning coach who, at the moment, is considered to be like a bit of a. Once again, he's allegedly considered to be a bit prehistoric in regards to his mm-hmm. views on training and injury. And yeah, when they were citing his work, it it was literally just his book. It wasn't a research paper; it was his book. So I thought that was very strange to be citing Mike Boyle and his book. That was like, hey, what the fuck? What what are these guys signing him for? Yeah, that's what was weird, isn't it? You should be. That that would be me making a. That'd be like scientists making a research paper, presenting a research paper on energy balance, and they start signing fucking James Smith. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It just doesn't it didn't make sense at all. That was a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, but this was a struggle to get through. It, it was quite hard, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously it makes sense when we actually look at the author and the editor. And even the people who reviewed it, they were Polish, I believe, so it was kind of like there was no native English speakers, kind of anything to do with this paper, yeah. which is obviously makes it quite difficult then to... But that's just in regards to translation. Yeah, yeah. But there are still those red flags that I kind of had, looked, had a look at. I was like, what the... F- what, what, this is kind of like pointless why even mention this i mean the, the point is guys is that we just kind of wanted to reinforce that while sometimes people might make it sound gucci of instagram post said you know this style of training is it's gonna fucking do it do a combination of both is what i'd probably recommend if you can yeah but as tom said if you're just someone who's new to the gym and you only do bilateral training that will be you know that's great that's going to give you some really good results as well okay yeah. so don't get too if you up. can add unilateral in then I think it'll be a benefit. It's not like a must-have. Yeah, and you probably will because when people think of unilateral training, they don't often just think of the basic single limb exercises. They think of all the Gucci single leg stuff, or that kind of thing. They don't they don't think of this. They don't think, oh, okay, I'm doing a I'm doing a bicep curl with one arm. Okay, that's that's you know it's that's, that's another <laughs> another reason why I don't say okay. Actually, I'm really going to give unilateral training a go now. Is if my if I'm trained towards hypertrophy on uh, some of my accessory exercises where actually I'm doing like an AMRAP and I want to get that muscle to failure. 
So that specific muscle and that specific limb I want to get on the failure, right? If I was using, say, a barbell for barbell curls, I might take one side to failure, but the other might kind of like slack behind mm. and the other side picks up a little bit. At least if I'm doing unilateral, going to failure, you know, I might get different reps on each arm, but it yeah. doesn't matter. I know that I'm taking each limb to true failure. Yeah, that's a great point. So mm. there's reasons as to why you might want to implement it. Yeah. And it also just changes things up a bit, mixes them up. Makes it fun, keeps it fresh. Yeah. Bulgarian split squats, fun. Wow, high octane stuff. How, I mean, Tom kind of alluded to how exciting this episode was going to be at the start, didn't he, with his fucking Chewbacca impression? So I hope it, it's been. I knew it was going to be exciting when I saw the shirt bill. Oh, when you, oh yeah, when you with see the, that wallpaper as well. In fact, if I just took a screenshot of your photo now, it's like the passport image from the eighties. I know, right? It's like I've gone back in time to speak to Bill from the eighties. Oh, even the hair, I know, even the hair, mate. Yeah, it's like slip back fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> God, Bill, Bill, if that if this is you from the past, you need to invest in <laughs> yeah. Apple. You need to, all oh, right, fucking hell, yeah. Invest in Apple and don't go on any, you know, submersible Titanic voyages. <laughs> yeah, when I'm absolutely minted <laughs> for more stock money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, invest in Apple. Leave me in your will. Then go on the submersible. <laughs> oh, fucking you little cunt. Right. <laughs> right. Just got to make sure I get the right way round first. Yeah, you get right way round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't take your wheel on the sub. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it on the sub. I want to give us a Tom when I get back. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that is all the news this week, guys. Hope you are still enjoying the fitness news. It's, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is. It is, well. Yeah. It is great. Wish Brett would uh, unblock me, but yeah. I just want to, I just I want to talk. <laughs> all I, I just want to talk. Then, to all him. I could think of there was a meme. I just want him, I just want him back. <laughs> I just want him back. <laughs> I just want to talk to him. Uh, I just want to talk. You want to do more than talk to him, don't you, you dirty bastard? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do to his glutes? <laughs> <laughs> Some hip thrust, isn't it? Oh, hello. Naughty, spicy. Anyway, guys, it's uh, another reason as to oh. why you might want to prioritise hip thrust. Right, right, stop. Right. <laughs> Specificity. Going to get us in trouble. Anyway, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point, actually. Sorry, I've said we're going to get in trouble, but that's a really good point. If you are someone who likes to um, partake in certain Pummel activity. from below. Pummel from below, yeah. On your back and you like to really get in there, then yeah, maybe a hip thrust is going gonna, is gonna to help you perform better. In certain... I mean, if you're doing it traditional none, then you might have to, you know, do the hip... Fr- That's not going to work, is it? No, but even then you're going to have more thrust power, aren't you? Even if you're on, even if you're in the, on you top. You could do it with, like, if have you did it upside thrust. down as if you're thrusting towards the game, you have to do it with, like, a resistance band. Pull throughs, there you go. Pull throughs. Do you imagine that on the one night stand just pull out a resistance band? <laughs> sorry, sorry, lovely to time, <laughs> time myself up. I'm trying to be specific. I'm trained yeah. in this particular yeah. position. I've only ever done it with <laughs> resistance bands, right? <laughs> I've maxed out on this before. <laughs> oh god. Right, let's end this fucking right now. Anyway, Patreons. Hello. How are you? Thank you very much to producers. Jenny and Clean, as always, you two are absolute superstars. Um we love that you're producers and we love, of course, the rest of the patrons over at our Patreon. Spawn the podcast week in, week out, basically giving us money so that we can pay for the podcast, basically, which is really nice of them. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, if you, and also, they do get the full video podcast with all the all the behind the scenes. So when we record, we normally talk about the start, talk about the end. We do cut things out in the middle sometimes as well. Basically, what happens is the mm. video feed gets edited slightly, not edited, but it gets like put together so it's like a nice little video format and just uploaded in its entirety without any cutting out, basically. So, patrons get to enjoy that. They also sometimes get the podcast early. That is if I am not having a mad one on a weekend. <laughs> if I've got nothing to do, then I will get out early. If not, then you have to wait till Monday. But you do, you will get the video 100% 
on the Sunday or the Monday when it comes out, all right? And obviously you can talk to us whenever you want. Just DM us on Patreon and we answer you straight away. So yeah, if you want to join those guys, click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash podcast for all of your hip thrust needs. Inappropriate time to put some Vaseline on my lips. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Oh, we're closing some what, ASMR. What, what, what lips are you putting that Vaseline on, Tom? Mm. For our audio listeners, Tom is just... Uh, He's just, oh, he's, just, he's just dropped his pants. <laughs> he's not even wearing any, are you? Helps heal dry lips. I should hope so. <laughs> Didn't you say you're not wearing pants earlier? Uh, by, by pants, do you mean like American or like British? Confirmed, Batman. Oh, so you are... Okay, yes, you are right. So, oh, no, no, I'm wearing... I, I'm wearing pants. Boxers. Pad, you're wearing, pads. You're wearing po- boxers, not, yeah. you know, pants. No, yeah, pants. American. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, your dick's now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Because uh, that would make this conversation uh, so awkward. If not anymore. talking to you, you've got your, your balls hanging over your chair. <laughs> Listen, it's hot out here. <laughs> it's hot, yeah, God. That reminds me of... Uh, do you remember like one of the early days of the podcast when uh, we had Andy as one of the hosts? Oh, he, everyone was just in their boxes. And he just basically went... He get, first, literally, the first line of the episode was Andy just going, my balls are stuck to this chair so bad. I'm trying to peel them I off. I think we was all in shit state <laughs> yeah. around that time. Hot as fuck, yeah. was it? Yeah. That was a bad... That was like one of the hottest summers the UK yeah. had experienced during COVID, a long time. It was during COVID as well, wasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I couldn't even have my windows open in fear of dying. <laughs> yeah, fucking <I> hell. <laughs> That's right. how much fear we was under. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, on that bombshell... That bullshit. Yeah, my lips feel very greasy. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. And hopefully after all of that, you still want to see us next week because we will be back next week, same time, same place for some more The Fitness News. See you soon. See you soon.